What do you get when you mix someone who loves true crime and horror movies with someone who's afraid of their own shadow? Someone like you? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. You get the perfect podcast. We're Carmen and Joanna of Live Laugh Murder Podcast. We're not your typical true crime show. Here at Live Laugh Murder, we tell stories that might be true crime or they might be the plot of a horror film. Can you tell the difference? Don't worry though, because all is revealed by the end. We are true crime sometimes. So check us out. We release bi-weekly on Saturdays. And remember to live, laugh, but never what, Joanna? Murder. Never murder. Thanks, guys. Thanks. This podcast covers true crime cases that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Okay. Okay. Let's, let me, let's start this because Sorry, we're just going to talk am, and whatever. I am just nothing but distraction right now. Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of Malice and Mock Tales. I'm Katie. And I'm Emily. And we've actually got true crime for you today. Our last couple of episodes have been about creepy monsters and things. And yeah. So I guess we can just get into it. Um, And then like always, we'll do our mocktail slash alcohol-free goodness at the end. Yep. All right. Um, so for us today, Katie, I have the uh, spoiler um, unsolved case, which oh. I I have a love. Oh, I, I know. I don't. Cases are so tough. <laughs> uh, I know, but they're so tough. I know, and it's it's just it's sad because this case, even though it's over a hundred years old, you know, like the family and the relatives deserve closure and they do this is the case of the murder of emma ostrow oh yes i have been looking forward to this case because we have talked about this before yes we tried to do it when we were all together at the faust hotel but i wanted to do additional research and i'm glad i did so Me here we go. I'm yeah. ready. All right, here we go. So on May 4th, 1919, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania State Trooper J.A. McHugh was going about his normal shift when he received a call from dispatch informing him that a body had been found at an abandoned farm near Loyal Hanna, Pennsylvania. And for some quick geographical context, Latrobe is located in the southwest part of Pennsylvania, and Loyal Hannah is not far at all from there. The body was found by a teenager named Lawrence Moore, who was actually a student of the victim. And Lawrence's father was also there, and they were all part of a posse um, out looking for Uh, our victim, Emma. So Trooper McHugh arrives on the scene at this abandoned farm to discover the body of Emma Ostra. Emma's body was described as being wedged beneath a board in an outhouse. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I guess it goes without saying since this is a true crime podcast, but trigger, trigger warning. Um, oh, just yeah. Just on all the things. Her hands were bound behind her back and the rope was bound so tight that the skin had been cut. Her face was badly beaten and she had been struck in the head with a blunt object and had also been shot in the head. Trooper McHugh also noted that Emma had fought hard against whoever did this to her based on defensive wounds that he observed. Good for her. Oh, yeah. Everybody, again, everybody needs to take some kind of martial arts or self-defense class. Mm -hmm. If you tried a martial arts class and you didn't like it, go to a different kind of martial arts and keep trying martial arts until you find one that you don't hate. Yes. Yep. Please. Emma was reported missing on Tuesday, April 28th, 1919, after failing to report to her teaching job at Derry Township. And according to one newspaper, she left home on Monday um, to head to school. And apparently like after, um, after school, she had gone to dinner, apparently, with a friend, but never made it to the friend's house. Uh, and a different newspaper stated that two witnesses had told police that they had seen Emma get into a car with two men shortly after she finished working at the school um, that Monday. Uh, multiple newspapers indicated that the coroner who examined her body determined that she had been deceased for at least 48 hours when her body was discovered. And a $1,000 reward was also offered for information leading to the arrest of those responsible. And no, I did not do the conversion for you, Emily. I'm sorry. <laughs> you knew what I was going to ask. I know. I did it for how something much, else in here. How much is that worth in today's money? I know. So let me tell you a little bit about Emma. Please she do. was born in 1900 to John and Lottie Ostra in Pennsylvania. Her parents were farmers and had lived in Pennsylvania for many, many years. Emma had a sister named Minnie, and they were both teachers. At the time of the murder, Emma was in her first year of teaching and by all accounts loved her job. The schoolhouse where she worked was about 10 miles away from her home, so she and Minnie would actually take the local trolley to their respective stops every day. Minnie worked um, a town over from Derry, I think, and Emma, um, so Emma would stop um, in Derry and then walk about a mile from the trolley stop to the schoolhouse. And um, on Monday, April 28th, when all of this happened, Emma and Minnie made their way to their respective schoolhouses like normal. Apparently, it was the second to last day of school for the kiddos. And the latter part of the day was spent preparing for the end of the school year. After the children had left, Emma began organizing report cards and other paperwork that needed to um, be filed with the administration, etc. When she heard a knock at the schoolhouse door, um, she got up from her desk, walked to the door, opened it to a young man that she didn't recognize. He reached out to give her a note and she took it and started reading it. And what's kind of odd is that, again, she didn't know this man, um, but he like just left. He gave her the note and left. 
Hmm. That is odd. Yes. And even more strange was that the note um, had information about Emma's brother, Grant, who was expected to be home from the war very soon. So World War One. Mm-hmm. But the note made mention that he was coming home that day. So on Monday. Hmm. And naturally, she's thrilled to learn this. Um, so she kind of hurries to get all her stuff done and she proceeds to head home. But remember, she had been invited to dinner at her friend's house. So I don't think, I guess, based on the information I was able to find, she didn't like tell that friend, like, hey, I'm not coming. She just made her way home. Which she might not have because she was super excited about her brother coming home. Maybe so. Yeah. Like, it just kind of slipped her mind. She's like, that'll be all right. So, unbeknownst to Emma, three men were watching her walk away from the schoolhouse. And they Mm. begin to walk after her. I have stock in my notes, but... I mean, maybe so. Yeah. I would imagine that three men watching a person and then following them, tailing them sounds an awful lot like stalking. Yes. So enter Jim Crawford, Johnny Ray and Charlie Kelly. Now, full disclosure, I only came across Jim Crawford and Johnny Ray in the newspaper articles I found. Um, And Charlie Kelly is mentioned as being involved in the murder in a booklet that I read about this case called The Empty Classroom by Andrea Niapas. I think I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Johnny and Charlie get to Emma first. Mm -hmm. And when Jim Crawford arrives, he finds that Johnny is basically like choking Emma or has has his hand on her throat. And then his other arm, like, around her waist. And she's, you know, putting up a big fight, screaming at him. And this bitch, not Emma, Johnny, (laughs) hits her in the face with a closed fist. He punches her in the face. He punches her in the face! Knocks her to the ground. The men proceed to drag her to a deserted cabin not far from the road. And they take her to the cellar, allegedly. And again, Johnny, this bitch, straddles her and like tears open her dress and begins like groping her and uh, gonna probably rape her. Right. Um, Emma, so Emma was like unconscious at this point. She regains consciousness for a moment and like tries to push him off of her. And Johnny apparently, like, he he gets up off of her, grabs a log, and, no. like, bashes her in the head with it. Oh, my God. I am shocked that this did not kill this poor woman. They proceed to then bind her wrists with some of Charlie's shoelaces, apparently, and then bring her out of the cellar and over to the outhouse, where she would actually, that's where she would be found. And Emma is, like, shoved into the privy. And as the men turn to leave, they think they hear her, like, moaning. So Johnny, and, like, okay, Johnny is only 17. Oh, and already a piece of shit. Yeah. 
he pulls out a pistol and shoots like down into the hole and which we we know struck emma in the head based on the evidence and johnny uh which by now i think we can like peg as the ringleader yep. takes, takes emma's purse its contents which include 11 dollars, which i did do the conversion on this uh-huh. it's about 100 190 dollars she doing walking around with a hundred bucks i don't well almost two hundred dollars jeez um she had a trolley schedule a pencil and like a ticket to a lecture in her and on her person Ugh. and and they leave they leave good god okay so if any of you have watched um the first 20 minutes of the hills have eyes <laughs> Um, spoiler alert for all of those of you who don't, uh, I had to stop watching that movie after the first 20 minutes, uh, because, um, they put somebody into the, the outhouse. They put, um, somebody into the outhouse and I was like, yeah, no, this is not, this is not the movie for me. Um, that must be where they got that from because who sticks a person in a toilet? That's gross. That's crappy yeah well no no pun intended for lack of a better pun yeah it's yeah it's it's disrespectful it's awful and 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 disgusting and you're a monster yeah it's just i mean yeah no words wow so the next day which is tuesday april 29th emma's students begin to show up at the school ready to get the last day of school over with Because, like, you know, the last day of school, we didn't do anything. At least when I was in school. Like, you'd go and there'd be other, like, some work to get done. Like, you'd get your grades and I don't know. Yeah. But to their surprise, Emma was not yet there. And I imagine that, you know, usually your teacher is, like, the first one there. So. Yeah. um, A student named Carl Kaiser, finding this very strange, um, he gets up and runs across the street to his house to tell his mom that his teacher was not there. And um, his mom also thought this was odd because Emma never missed a day of school. So she phoned Emma's parents to ask if Emma was there. Oh, and I think, I don't have this in my notes, but I think that the Kaiser family was actually the family who had invited her to dinner. Oh. Also, because I think I think during the winter months, um, Emma would stay with them because going back and forth in the winter, like in the snow, was just really difficult. Um, oh, so the Kaiser family is like like her second family, sort of family friends. Yeah. Oh, I think I think I I am mad I don't have it in my notes, but so, um. Okay, so Carl's mom ends up calling Emma's parents to ask if she was there. And Emma's mom was like, no, um, and immediately calls the police. And I think everyone sort of, like, kind of jumped to the conclusion of foul play because all of this was out of the ordinary for Emma. Right. Like, none of it's making sense. Yeah. And... As I mentioned at the beginning, um, Lawrence Moore and his father began searching the area where the schoolhouse was located and happened upon the cabin. And a piece of Emma's red coat actually caught their eye. 
and Lawrence was the one to actually find her body in the outhouse. Shortly following the discovery of Emma's body, Jim Crawford and Johnny Ray are arrested and taken to Greensburg, which is the county seat of Westmoreland well, County. Hold on. I have to pause for a moment. Okay. Because I was like, how did he find her body? How at first, at, at first I was like, how did he find her body? How did he find her body? Oh. Because you're not go directly to the outhouse. So at first I was like, Ooh, suspicious, but then no, totally plausible. Um, He's searching for her body. He's feeling really bad about it because he's a family friend, small town. She teaches everybody's kids. Um, And so he's distressed, distraught, whatever. But, you know, nature calls. So he goes to the outhouse and he looks in the hole because I don't know about you, but I always look before (laughs) I sit. Yes. um, Yep. There are too many stories about people going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and they feel a sting on their nether regions and they get up and they look and boom, there's a snake in the toilet. What? So, um, really? Am I the only person? <laughs> Wait. So, in- so, so I do not uh, eat in the middle of the night. Like I'm totally fine with my night vision. My night vision is fine. Like I do not need a light at night. Wait, sorry. Uh, I turn on the light in the bathroom in the middle of the night, even though I would rather have it off. Uh, that way I can see what is in the toilet before I go. I mean, yeah. there, have you not heard of the stories of the snakes in the toilet? I guess not. I mean, I would think like maybe like maybe a spider, but like clean your toilet. <laughs> also, also toilets. Also spiders, yes. Also 100% also spiders because um, I do not do, I, dear listener, I do not do spiders. I do not, do not do spiders. I, snake, sure, I'll be, I'll be startled. I will be unhappy because that means I can't use the toilet because there's a snake in the toilet. <laughs> um, and also, how did a snake get in the toilet? Well, that's um, what I'm wondering. Like, if you were in a, an established occupied house so what are the odds of that even happening negligible but (sighs) never zero oh my god negligible but never zero like there have been one story uh, somebody's lying two stories somebody heard the first story and they are also lying five stories mm, wow plausible plausible Um, no, no, no. so, so I've, I've read some stories like the first one I was like, wow, that's crazy. I, uh, and that struck fear into my heart and then, but I didn't fully believe it, but it made me scared enough. But then I've heard like more recently of people, um, finding a snake in their toilet because, um, deforestation has the animals moving and, the they I don't remember whether it got into the house and the toilet bowl was like nice and moist and cool or if it had come up through the plumbing because the plumbing wasn't actually done like properly properly oh it's Um, like not connected to the sewer or something yeah it's not it was was something was incorrect or something either way it was found to be true that there was a snake in the toilet and I just I don't want to find that out by like <laughs> by chance. my vulnerable spots. 
being bitten by a snake. Like I don't. Okay. Nobody needs that in their life. Okay. So I will. Okay. I admit that I, I do look, but it's more so for fear that the toilet seat's not down. I'm going to like fall in. <laughs> that, too. that too. I have definitely uh, almost fallen in because, um, because the toilet seat was, was not down. But yeah, no, I, I, I look honestly to make sure that I'm not sitting on a creature oh, of any sort variety. Terrifying and gross. Yeah, it really, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a problem that I don't even think about at this point anymore because it's just like I look before it's I sit. muscle. Just, yeah. It's muscle memory. At this point. I look first. I look first. Cause you know, yeah. I mean, you should look, you should look in your regular chairs before you sit down anyways, because somebody could have put like a melted chocolate candy bar and it's going to make you look like you pooped yourself. Oh, yeah. You just, you should look before you sit. There yeah. could be a thumbtack. There could be any number of untold. Look before you sit. It's always safest. Anyways. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, oh God. Now I sound super paranoid. So, <laughs> so Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, right. So I think he went to the bathroom. He went to the outhouse with the full intention to go to the, the bathroom. bathroom. And he looked and he was like, huh. That shouldn't be that's there. weird. Yeah. And then he looked a little more and he was like, huh, that shouldn't be there. And then he looked and he was like, fudge. Because they made that. it. Yeah, well, they made it, they, the newspaper and, like, everything I read made it yeah. sound like she was, like, not fully in the privy, but, like, yeah. sort of, like, headfirst, like, shoved in there. So, like, probably half of her was still sticking out. Oh, God. There were, these people are awful. Ew. They're awful. Awful. Did they, was she supposed <sighs> to drown in it? Oh, my no, God. No, they were probably... Quite honestly, they probably tried to shove her in there, but I don't know how deep. I don't think these were, well, I don't know. I don't know if they dug them like as deep as, well, now I'm curious. Um, anyway, that's a tangent, but I don't know. I, I'm, they probably, because it was abandoned, they were probably banking on nobody ever finding her. Right. Um. So, shortly following the discovery of her body, um, Jim, like I said, Jim and John were arrested and taken to Greensburg, which is in the, it's the county seat of Westmoreland County, which Latrobe is in this county. Okay. Uh, Charlie Kelly was also arrested on, like, suspicion of being an accessory because when the chief of police, Chief Stahl, questioned him he noticed and this is all like circumstantial um that charlie's shoes had different laces 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 mm. and her hands were tied with shoelaces with so, shoelaces mm. yeah so okay these fools jim so jim crawford was about 35 so a grown-ass man mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. was a farmhand how old was emma again like 19 yeah prime of her life like what gross 35 grown-ass man should know better oh yeah oh yeah when chief Stahl questioned jim he actually tells him that he saw emma get into a car driven by johnny ray Hmm. apparently jim 
had, um, I guess, what the town would consider behavior issues at the time and basically considered him like a simple-minded man. So I don't know oh. if he like had he was maybe developmentally challenged or I don't know. So the chief like didn't really think much of it, but also thought that there could be more to the, what he's saying. And um, Jim also he ends up giving away some like bananas information. Um, not really bananas. It's I thought you were going to stop at bananas. I was like, why was he, he giving away bananas? He gives away oh. bananas. No, he, my cho- poor choice of words. He gives up information by telling the police where they can find Emma's personal effects that were taken from her. And we'll come, we'll come back to that. Well, he would know that because he was there. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, what? Why would you? Oh, hey, by the way, you know that murder uh, victim? I totally know where her like stuff is. Well, it could what? also what? have been, you know, because um, he's already under arrest. So it may have also been a play like a like, hey, I'll give you this information for. Oh, if you uh, if you if you lessen my sentence, yes. uh, I'll I'll give I'll tell you where her stuff is. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was unclear. Uh, that's me. That's conjecture on my part. I'm going to throw up. Please don't throw up. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to throw up from the idea of shoving her in the. No, like we're moving on. We have moved on. I'm sorry. I don't not to not to. Yeah. No, continue. continue. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So Johnny Ray, like I said, he's only 17 and he was a coal miner in and around this area. When, When he's questioned by the chief. He says he doesn't know Jim or Charlie for that matter, nor has he seen ever seen Emma in his life. Well, police don't believe him for one second and they yeah. let him sit in jail for a while while they go investigate the tip that Jim gave deny, them. Deny, deny, deny. I mean, that's all you can do when you're guilty is Well, hell. yes. Yeah. Uh, Jim. So Jim told the chief um, to go check out a local coal mine in nearby Superior specifically go look in the air shaft and sure enough they find emma's pocketbook a few other like school books and some other like personal items in the coal mine in the coal mine shaft in the coal mine that johnny works in um potentially mm-hmm. yeah Did jim and the so jim, other guy work in the coal no mine jim well? was a farmer i don't know what charlie did okay Char- yeah, charlie kind Char- of falls away he's he's never I didn't find any mention of him actually going to trial for anything. Huh. Um, so, okay. So now they've got witness statements and fi- I would call it physical evidence. Yeah. They, the they, the police, the authorities had to figure out who was actually telling the truth. And like I said before, all signs point to Johnny as being the one like, who probably had this stupid plan in the first place for whatever reason, or just yes. took advantage of a young woman walking alone by herself. I mean, well, granted, depending on how developmentally delayed, he should have been taught right from wrong. So he should know better. Ag- agreed. Agreed. Depending on how delayed, developmentally delayed. But yes. And, and some parents are unfortunately negligent and super spoil their children and don't teach them right from wrong. 
which yeah. is why we were murderers in the first place. And I don't know the situation, his parental situation, um, or how he knew Johnny, if, you know, Johnny was a narcissist and just kind of like took him under his wing and was like, hey, let's go along and do this. And he just kind of goes along and does it. Do we know if um, Jim is like bigger and stronger than Jim, maybe? Jim, um, Johnny? I saw it like a could have. I saw a um, a mugshot, and I really, I mean, you guys couldn't tell. Because if Johnny's, like, a bad, bad guy, he could have recruited muscle. Maybe. Anyways, sorry, continue. So Johnny is stewing in prison because the cops are like, we don't believe you. Yes. But it is literally the cop's job to figure out the truth. So Yeah, yeah. So be. they are doing their best and this Good. case was pretty sensational for the area like mobs formed and like threatened to go take matters into their own hands but nothing ever came of that mm. as an aside uh april of 1919 was reported as going down in westmoreland county history as the month of murders oh seven 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 homicides were recorded by the coroner, which I guess at that time and location was a lot. That's a lot anyway. Was there a heat wave? Uh, I don't know. Because I have seen, uh, I read an article once um, that typically when there is a heat wave in a location, um, domestic violence and other crimes, domestic violence, also murders, and, like, other violent crimes um, skyrocket. What? Yeah. What's the... And I totally believe that. Because, you know, everybody's hot and angry. Oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah, or miserable because it's hot. Yeah, and pre-air conditioning, there's no escaping the heat wave. Yeah, so... but I would be too tired and hot to go kill somebody. Well, Yeah. You're also not a murderer in general. No. So the people with murdery tendencies, that's just gonna they're just gonna do it. Okay. That's I interesting. Put a put a pin in that because I want to do more research. Articles. Okay. Yeah. Also, fifty-four cases total were recorded. Um, among them were two suicides, four mining accidents. Five railroad accidents, one auto accident, and one burn victim. Oh. The majority, however, were attributed to natural causes. I just, that okay. was very, it popped up on one of the newspaper articles, and I was like, that's really awful, but kind of interesting. No, I missed the 54. You said this was in April, right? Yes. Yeah. April. There was a heat wave? I bet there was a heat wave. So where was this again? I'm a, I'm gonna look it up it right was now. In Pennsylvania, specifically Westmore, Pennsylvania. Westmoreland County. Yeah. April. What year was this? 1919. Weather. I bet you there was a heat wave. It. Oh well, no. Guess I'm wrong. Wrong as hell. It's only 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Um. That's the high. No, wait. No, that's right oh. now. That's right now. Philadelphia weather in 1919. Gimme. 
Highest temperature, 98 degrees Fahrenheit, July 5th. Give me April. Give me oh, April. does it only give you like big cities? Uh, oh, here we go. Haha. February 19. Uh, it's giving me all of Philadelphia. Yeah, it's just giving me. Okay, April. April high. Um, April 1st, 45. All the way up to April 8th, 76, 71, 71, 72, 70. So it doesn't look like it's that hot. Okay. Because we're not in Philadelphia. Myth busted. Why is it not? Yeah. It's only giving me Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Never mind. Well, that's but um, We can, we can. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have that to. That entire work. like phenomena is interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. So where am I at here? Okay. So in September, now we're in September of 1919, both Jim and Johnny, when they go to trial and they were actually tried separately, Jim's trial is held first where several witnesses are heard and testimony from Jim, where he basically implicates Johnny as being the one to assault Emma and pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. The jury ends up finding Jim not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm-hmm. And he's committed to the Fairview State Hospital where he lived out the rest of his days until his death around, I think it was 1927. Okay. Whoa, that is a short time period. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this one of those mental hospitals that's so really, really? Oh, no. Is, is this one of those, is this one of those? The- mental health in asylums that's that's like a really really bad place to be because you said 1927 yeah and her she died in 1919 that's only eight years oh yeah i thought you were gonna say is it one that's in the woods somewhere oh, <laughs> it in the woods? no i mean maybe that's how he died they shoved him out into the woods oh that's i um because, cause, you know, you hear about insane asylums that are, like, really, 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 really bad places. I know. I and hope that was not the case. Because I would hope that I want insane asylums to be places where they make mm-hmm. it safe for the for the people to be. Because that's, that's the point of it. So that they can be safe and not hurt anybody else and not hurt themselves and be happy listening to beautiful music, watching whatever on their TV show, making beautiful music, doing arts and crafts and frolicking in the sunshine. Yeah. Honestly. Jeez, I want that dream for everybody. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's that's what happened to Jim. Okay. Good old Johnny Ray. Right. He's tried last. And his trial lasts about a week. That's fast. So. They might not have had a bunch of witnesses for him. You're not going to like this. No. He is acquitted due to a lack of physical evidence. And I can't. I can't. Like, what? Well, then why was Jim found not guilty? Not because of lack of evidence. He was, he was reason of insanity. I think he had a really good lawyer, though, too. But, uh, and Charlie. Charlie, I, I couldn't. Go to trial. No. 
No, I think they just, they, the cops didn't think there was enough to really hold him. Do we have other mysterious unsolved murders that Johnny probably participated in in that location? Or did he receive coal miner justice, which would suck? Coal miner justice? Yeah, since he's a coal miner, if the other coal miners knew that he was guilty or even suspected he was guilty, I can only imagine what a coal miner could do to another coal miner that he didn't like down in the coal mine. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends too if they even care or if they were bros. You'd never know. You'd never know because, I mean, Emma taught, I mean, if Emma taught another coal miner's kid and that kid loved Emma... I mean, maybe. I don't know. So, no. Wow. Yeah. He got acquitted. He got acquitted. So it's not that this is unsolved. Her murderer well, went free. I mean, assuming he, he did it. I mean, everything, like, points to him, but I'm reading, looking at the little booklet about this case, and Johnny, so like I said, Johnny is acquitted, and he thinks, um, yeah, his attorney, of course, for representing him. Um, his sister-in-law maintained his innocence. And she says, Johnny's yeah, Johnny's sister-in-law basically said that he was a good Christian boy who trusted God. And God didn't fail him. I mean, if he murdered Emma, God totally failed him. Well. And he's not a good Christian boy, but, you know. I know. But if he didn't murder her, then God didn't fail him. Well, and the other thing, too, is the chief, he was, like, I'm pretty sure he was never convinced that Johnny was innocent. Like, he probably thought that he did it. And, you know, like, no, there's no deathbed confession or anything like that so like we can assume all day based on the information we have but unfortunately like there was never ever an actual confession right but so the case basically goes cold until february of 1920 okay the police got a potential new clue in the murder Okay. A man named Emil Ghostdeck skipped town with a woman named Alice McDermott. Alice, and I don't know exactly when, it must have been sometime that same month when they skipped town. Alice returns to Latrobe, where everyone's at, where this all took place, and went to police telling them that Emil had told her he knew where Emma's watch was located because her watch had been taken and Emil was quickly arrested and held for a time as a suspect but again nothing nothing ever came of it either Emil did it or was party to it or he's a grave robber because I mean well but her watch was not like her watch well, no, uh, did, like so he found the body and took the watch he found the body took the watch ran away and didn't say because i mean because it, uh, it, it would make him look guilty to be like oh hey by the way i found this dead body 
in the in the um in the toilet. What were you doing there? I just I I'm up to no good I, in general. Uh, I had to use the facility and just like Lawrence. Yeah, I I I was in the area being a ne'er do well, and I found her. So yeah, but I didn't do it. I just found her like that. It was like that. It was like it was like that. No, it was like that. <laughs> yeah. In in July of 1919, the school where Emma taught was actually closed by the school administration because the school board determined that the publicity around the murder was bad for business, basically, and they didn't want the parents to have to have their kids basically like a kind of be reminded of the horrible accident or the horrible accident, the horrible murder. Yeah. And the stigma that it potentially could carry, which I mean, I don't okay. know. I don't know how many schools there were like per capita, but I would think that you, I, at the least, I hope they like rebuilt a school maybe right. nearby. So their kids don't no, have we're to. We're just gonna bus the kids twenty miles I, like, in uh, another direction, or jump on the trolley, like, kids, or ride your horse, or whatever. Right, like walk twenty miles uphill in the snow, kids. It's gonna be fine. It's awful. Like kids, you decide. Do you want to walk twenty miles in the snow uphill both ways, or do you want to go to the school that your teacher was kidnapped and murdered from? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you you decide, kids. Yeah, I don't want to walk 20 miles uphill both ways, please. No, I don't do any of that. No, I don't want to do either. Can we just build another school right next to the school? No, it's awful. Wow. So there's, that's the awful case of Emma Ostrom. Poor Emma Ostrom. I know. I know. Like, what is wrong with people? I'm glad she fought back, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't understand, like, what drives people to molest and rape? Like, I don't, like, what drives you to do that? Like, what, what's broken in you? Mm. And why is it such a overwhelmingly, like, common thing to happen? Like, what? is wrong with people i think well and again we're not we're not professionals professional psychologists anyway or psychiatrists psychologists therapists none of it this we're all but i think long armchair yeah i think with things like that it stems it's it's about power it's about overpowering the individual doing it basically because you can and yeah i'm that granted there's probably way more to it than that but i think at the root potentially it's about power and dominance so upsetting i know just don't it's just just don't just don't just don't just don't be be a gentleman and just don't yeah yeah grow up and don't what what mocktail do you have to cheer us up today, Katie? Oh my god! Now that we're depressed. <laughs> yes. So the mocktail I have—it's actually it is an alcohol-free drink, 
and it is called Joni, J-O-N-I. Yes. And our friend Claire, who Yay. is so awesome. We've I've only like been talking to her through Instagram. Um, <laughs> but she was kind enough to um send us a little sample. Emily had to go grab her. So <laughs> all right, so Claire is amazing. And um, okay, so drink Joni. Um, so Joni is the brand name, and they I think make two different uh, flavors and I've got the Blanc and I think Emily just opened the Rouge. Yes. I just opened the Rouge. And so that it's called, um, it's called a uh, Verjou, which actually it tr- literally translates to green juice in French. And I'm reading this from their website. Um, quote, it's the juice of the grapes that are picked before harvest. Vines are culled about six weeks before a wine harvest to make some elbow room for the grapes that will be wine to stretch out, plump up, and get those sugars activated. The pre-harvest grapes traditionally have been pressed and enjoyed as a drink and used in cooking. Some of the first records mentioning verjou as a drink date back to the Middle Ages. And chefs and home cooks alike have used verjou as a vinegar or wine substitute to deglaze pans or for sauces and dressings because it doesn't interact with or fight the flavor of the wine that will be enjoyed with the meal. But if you're not drinking for whatever reason personal to you, verjou has been enjoyed as a non-alcoholic drink for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Mm. And the Blanc, um, it's got kind of, it's kind of earthy, but not overpowering, at least in my opinion. Um, it's got like hints of, I think, rosemary and basil. Oh. At least that's what I'm like picking up from it. And I know this is probably like bad radio because we're like tasting on air and like. <laughs> um, so the. Did you try Again, the now rouge? I gotta go, now I gotta go. Now I gotta go try the. Now I gotta go try the blanc because I've got it. It's in the fridge and it's ready to go. Um, so the rouge, uh, if you if you read on the um, bottle on the can, it says notes of allspice, cardamom, and rosemary. But how it tastes to me, oh, and it's slightly sparkling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, how it tastes to me. Um, is very similar to um, a tea that I drink uh, for whenever I'm sick. Um, I drink uh, I drink a ginger tea with ginger and cinnamon and mint and um, cloves um, and lemon and honey. And this honestly tastes very much like it. Like usually I drink that tea hot because it's, you know, supposed to be very warming and it's supposed to help get all of the junk out of your um lungs and stuff which it does um and sometimes i have a hard time drinking the whole cup that i make and it gets cold this tastes very similar to that it's it's very earthy like you said a little green tasting i like it i wonder if it's gonna like boost my immune system i'm kind of excited oh maybe so and they, so on the cans, there's a QR code that you can scan and it'll bring up a recipe 
page, um, which you can also find directly on their website, uh, drinkjoni.com. Yeah, this is, I'm really enjoying this. I can't wait. Was that? I, yes. Did you hear yes. him? He's, he's cacaoing oh to try to get my attention because I've got the door closed. Oh, well, tell him Instead you're recording. Of, I know. He knows. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. What were you saying about the... Hold on. Let me go deal with him oh, my because Lord. he's getting more and more insistent. Okay. All right. I'm actually really enjoying this. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying this, Joni. Like, this is... I'm very excited to go open the Blanc, but I don't want to, like, double fist this. <laughs> so... <laughs> um... <No. laughs> so, yes. I'm really excited. I did... Um... One note about their their recipes. So it is a combination of both alcohol-free and alcohol. Um, so just if you're looking at the recipes, it may say, hey, add this to vodka or whatever. I mean, obviously you do you and, you know, oh, if yeah. you want, you, yeah. If you don't want to do alcohol, Yeah, you do don't. you. No judgment. Yeah. Um, alcohol, great. Non-alcohol, also great. Yeah. We love you. Yeah, no judgment. We've done both. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you can find, um, Joni, like I said, it's drinkjoni.com and you can. And it's Joni, J-O-N-I. Correct. Yes. And they're also on, I think they're on Instagram at also drinkjoni, I believe. Yes. And I'll put all their, their information in the show notes, like always. And then we'll, we'll do an Instagram uh, post with that information too. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Oh, I did add, so another shout out to Sobreo because I did, um, in my, my Joni Blanc or my Verju Blanc, um, I did add a little bit of the, um, oh my gosh, I have to add perk having me try the, having me try the, um, uh, you with your star anise when you know I don't like star anise. I want to add star anise to this Joni Rouge. Oh, oh my gosh. I did. I did. I did, by the way. Spoiler. I did like the star anise and I still have. I haven't yet made a chai tea with it. But you know I'm going to because it's honestly it's going to be perfect for for a little extra oomph in a chai awesome. and I just did you yeah did you hear that I, Kirk she likes it <laughs> yeah I did. I did and you know I hate starting uh, yes yeah and it yeah wasn't it wasn't overpowering like it was like it was nice awesome so yeah. I uh oh I added the um a little bit of the Tuscan juniper to Ooh. my Joni just to see and it has notes of uh, reishi and rosemary, so I thought it would go nice with the um, with the the root, the, the um, blanc. I don't even know where yeah. I am. It's time to go. <laughs> so, so tell me more. Tell me more about the blanc before I go run downstairs and. It quite open honestly, it. it does remind me of a um, white wine. Ooh. Um. More. It's it's on the drier side if I if I'm talking like wine jargon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um 
it's does it make your mouth actually dry though because i'm i personally don't think so make me feel dry i don't think so that's just me though yeah yeah um it has a very like it's really not it's more bitter than sweet Mm -hmm, but not mm -hmm. like not overly bitter by any means it's just it's very subtly subtly bitter nice yeah Nice. Sorry, I'm totally over here smacking my lips. I'm sorry. I'm enjoying the drink a lot. Yeah. Yes. Again, (laughs) thank you, Claire, for sharing. Yes, thank you, We're so excited to talk to you soon. Yeah, we can't wait. We're so excited. Yes. God, I'm just repeating everything you say at this point. (laughs) Molly, want a cracker? (laughs) You in danger, girl. Sorry, that the call is coming from inside the house. Inside joke. <laughs> yes. So, with all of that said, thank you so much for sticking around with us and listening to the end. We we love that. And yeah, we definitely go check out uh, Joni and Sobreo for some non-alcoholic goodness, um, or yeah. however you want to enjoy them. And we will catch you next week. Yes. Make good choices. Always. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy our content, share it with a friend, and don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Those 100% make our day and bring us joy. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Malice and Mocktails, and don't forget to check out our merch. Find the link in the show notes below or on any of our social media platforms. And until next time, make good choices. Bye. Bye.